What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 397. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, podcasting, Andrew Tate, politics, trucks, nostalgic memories, woman doc, music talk, podcast, a bunch of other shit. Thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first thing I got to get to here at the end, end of the road. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, we have some co-producers over there. Uh, if you gave them money, you got early access to the podcast. In case you're listening in the future. Um, that was the whole concept and it failed. Um, but some people came through and those are our co-producers, which is uh, my mother. It's your boy H2.com. Graveyard Entertainment and Forgotten One, the four corners of our shitty house. And, um, but we really appreciate it. You know, um, here, I guess now this is the last month you're getting charged. I'll be canceling or suspending the Patreon moving forward. Might have another one someday. Maybe not. Uh, you know, I don't really know. I'm not really sure. I haven't really thought too much about it. I should probably care more, but it's hard. Also, we have a merch shop, shop dot spreadshirt slash a podcast mo or something like that. I'll put the links and uh, get your cool shirt if you want one before it's all over. All right. This week we are calling the homie CJ Jones uh, out of Missouri. Uh, we've became good Internet friends over the years. So figured let's get him on here one last time. He does the music thing as well. Um, let's give him a call. Sorry, that. I'm using mobile today. It's a weird thing. It doesn't pop up like anyway, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh it's been a growing process, but shout out Discord for working kinda. Like it works when I'm on my laptop, but the mobile I was expecting a phone call to pop up, but I saw a message like, Hey, we're ready. Like, oh fuck. Yeah, I've I've never actually used the mobile part for the voice thing. You know, I've had people do it, but I've never actually done it. So that would have shocked me as well. If it didn't sound like a telephone call coming through. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was expecting. Like some sort of alert. Like, hey, call coming. Tell me. Yeah, these fucks. Um, so how's life been, man? Living the dream, as every cliche white guy in America says. Yeah. Um, well, we don't dream very big these days, us whites. <laughs> no, we we're keep, not very imaginative. <laughs> we keep the we want a full time job. And then fucking be sad about it. That's the dream we had growing up. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Uh, I think about that quite often of like, you know, I mean, my parents, I'm sure meant well, of course. But like when they first found out, like I was kind of want to do music. My mom's like, don't do that dumb shit. Get you a normal job, you know? And so, like, I, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I've just never shared any of that with them, really. You know, I'm like, I, I got a college degree and I have a normal shit job. But now I'm also going to now do the music shit. You know, it's like I had to do all the shit they wanted me to do before I could. Yeah. Check all the boxes. Now you kind of have you gave yourself permission to do the other shit. Exactly. Exactly. Um, That's how it goes. And also, since this podcast is almost ending, you know, my wife was asking about the other day 
And she was like, are you sure you want to cancel it? It seems like you're going to miss it. And I was like, of course I like, but I've hopped it up so much now. We're, we're in on this motherfucker and we're going to see what happens in the future. And then, you know, I just started talking. I was like, I think I'm just going to make so much more music. I'm assuming at least for this little hiatus I'll have. Uh, yeah, but maybe not. Maybe I'll just fucking get lost in video games. Who knows? I mean, theoretically, this shit has got to take up so much time between the actual recording of the episodes, the editing of the episodes, scrambling around trying to get guests together. Like the amount of time you could technically spend towards music. It's got to be crazy on a week to week basis. Yeah, I would say a snappy episode. I've gotten that down to like, let's say he comes over Thursday, six o'clock, normally something like that by like. By the time I go to bed on Thursday night, I typically have the episode up and done. So, you know, that what kind of time frame we're talking. So that's like by like 10 o'clock, you know, or something. OK. And sometimes it stretches to the next day, you know, just depending, you know, where our Patreon people would get that alert, you know, maybe on a Friday afternoon or something. But, you know, it's not that yeah. much of a turnaround because I kind of had that one down. And and then whenever people call in. It just depends on the person, like someone like Soko, you know, love Soko, but there's a huge delay on his responses. And I painstakingly go in and delete all of those drag like, and drop and one second pauses or whatever. Right. So that takes a little longer. And then the music ones take almost no time to mix because I don't even really give a fuck. And uh, I'm just like, we'll leave in whatever happened. And then but it takes a long time to get the fucking songs, you know, and do all that shit. So, yeah. As well, because in my mind, the music ones would have been the most time consuming. It was at first, I guess, but I I just really have that one down. Kind of got a system in place. Yeah. Well, with Francis, when there's just us two, I will go through and delete any place there's silence. But on the music one, there's just two. There's when there's three people, it's like fuck it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, a lot more to try to manage and. Yeah, so I do a lot of fuck it, and then I'd have the background beats that kind of covers a lot of shit that you don't got to worry about, and then we're yeah. like, and we're also a lot more loose on that. So anything stupid's better. So like, there's no need. Yeah, to realistically, it. like the amount of time you'd spend editing versus the improvement in quality, it's got to be so low that it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, uh, but it's been a fun learning process. I'm curious, you know, again, like what if I do anything in the future? I've really. I really thought about if I'm going to do a music review thing, you probably need to go the Twitch route. That seems to be what most people are doing these days. Um, I just, you know, that would require me to like look presentable on some sort of webcam. And I don't know about all that. I'm yeah, it's not my thing. Uh, But I do think we could turn our music podcast into that pretty easily if I wanted to. Uh, But I kind of think I will just enjoy the extra time. You know, I think I'll probably get lost in this shit more like, rabbit hole it a lot more into some weird shit but you know maybe not you know it's hard to again this is just predictions i don't know how your mind works but i know for me whenever i was doing my podcast it was adding like some extra level of stress that didn't need to exist and it was entirely in my own head like i was creating the stress that did not have to happen but it's just this constant grind in my head like oh you gotta stay consistent you gotta drop once a week you gotta get it together you gotta edit it good it's got it and just <laughs> so many factors rolling around that odds are probably didn't even matter to the overall quality of the product but i found when i did stop that it was nice to just not have deadlines not have 
something on the back of your mind at all times. Like, oh, fuck, man, Friday's approaching. Got to get an episode out. Right. Well, I think if I did something else, um, I would aim for something that's less work. Like, for instance, like when I mentioned the music stuff, the music stuff does come a lot more natural. It doesn't seem like it doesn't have the stress. Yeah. Of like, well, I got to watch the news so I can bring up a thing or whatever. You know, I don't have to. I enjoy watching the news about politics and stuff. So I don't act like it's like yeah, too much of a charge. So like I like being informed, of course. But there are weeks where you're like, I don't give a fuck. But I do pull up the apps and I look at stuff because I like want to know what to talk about. So. Well, yeah. And like you want to have something fresh to present to the listener. Like you can only just recycle. Like, how was your week? So many times in a podcast. Like there's that underlying effort to make it interesting thing to the audience. So you probably do feel that added pressure. Like I better at least bring up some sort of current event. Right. Yeah. It, it definitely comes across, I guess. Well, I guess lately I've given up on it more. I would say once I decided I was ending it, uh, it added a lot more freedom and I feel like the episodes got better in a way because I quit caring about like, I need to touch on certain stuff. I'm like, whoever's still around for this, yeah. they don't give a fuck. Um, and you know, I know we do have a handful of people that do listen every week and stuff like that. So I'm not acting like no one cared. Um, but you know, who knows? And maybe someday it'll come back, but podcasts are kind of dying or the, the audio only podcast that, that is something that was a lot more of a thing when this podcast started. And now apparently the numbers on all of those are going down and everyone's just, they watch all the video versions, which I is still something that's hard for me to do, but it is like, very yeah, I can't wrap my head around that. Cause most of my podcast listening tends to be passive listening while I'm doing other shit. Like it really helps the work day go by. And I work a kind of non-traditional job where I'm not confined to an office. Like I'm a delivery driver. So I'm out and about going in and out of buildings, driving in and out of buildings, in and out of a truck. So like having some shit in my ear that I can just listen to while I'm doing all that really helps the day go by where I don't get the hype behind having to be confined to sitting and viewing a screen, especially some of the podcasts are like two to three hours. I don't understand how anyone would finish an episode. Right. The only one that I've come around to where I, I do watch them all is your mom's house. With Tom Segura and his wife, Christina. Just for the clips. And right, it's because they, half of their show is watching TikTok videos that are like outrageous, right? And so like, if you listen to it the whole time, you're like, well, I wish I would have saw that. So I've gotten, even when my wife watches it, which it's like not really her humor. And there's there's episodes (laughs) where she's like, I can't believe you watch this shit. But there's sometimes where she's like (laughs) also laughing a lot, you know, and she's like, this is great. So I've slowly tried to get her um, into it. Transitioning to the dark side. Yeah, which she always talks about how, like, my wife was very, very nice when I met her. Like, she was like a very sweet, kind person. And then through living with me and and just knowing me, it's like I've ruined her. And she's like, I used to yeah. not be like this. Now I'm all mean to everyone, like you are. And I'm like, that's just how it goes. Uh, <laughs> the strong win, you know, and they make everyone else like them. I'm the alpha male of our house. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I dominate. If she doesn't conform to how I am, I make her conform. I Andrew tated it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to see a video from that dude. I've heard his name brought up so many fucking times over the past several months. And then just when I did finally start to get curious, 
all of his accounts got banned. Yeah, I don't know if it would still be up, but I just mentioned your mom's house. If you could, if they still have the Andrew Tate, your mom's house, he came, went on about a year ago, and it's really funny, but he's like, you know, I think he's obviously a caricature. You know, he's not, or it's satire. Yeah. I think that's like my take. And uh, I don't know. I just don't like people banning stuff just because they're, like, for instance, okay, in this dude. in this case, what it is, it's kind of my exact my argument of against religion. You know, I don't know how many times I've asked you if you're religious or not, but like, I always get problem with someone being like, thank God I survived this car crash there or whatever, right? And you're like, so you believe like God will reach down, make sure you survived, yet he let like children starve or get raped or. Yeah. Or like the person who did T bone you at that red light died of like, where was God in that person's right. life? And so I hate the way that's always like presented, right? And it's, I don't know, I have a, a similar yeah. feeling to this or whatever of, uh, I don't know. Somehow to me, that's all related. <laughs> These sort of thoughts of like, I would like to hear you extrapolate on that more. Cause I'm going to be honest. I'm lost on how that tied together. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember what I said before. What were we talking about? Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate. And then somehow you're like, it kind of reminds me of like religion and how people. Ah, some, all right. I can't find a connection there. I will get there. <laughs> I did have one, but I kind of smoked right before we uh, started. <laughs> I feel you. Um, let's see. Andrew Tate, he's that's crazy satire. People want to ban him. Uh, and then it goes to religion. I don't know. I thought maybe I was just trying to hate on religion, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I feel you. Maybe that's all that happened. I feel like I did have a connection in my brain at some time, but it really just, I'm the worst about that. I'll say some shit. Like my mind is working faster than my mouth. Yeah. And Half the time I'm done with the conversation walking away and I come to the realization like they probably had no fucking clue what I was talking about just then because I did a poor job of explaining my thought process. All right. I got it. Here's what it is. So in that case of with God, I'm saying they're picking and choosing. So in this one, I'm saying they're saying Andrew Tate being sexist is worse than all the people that's ever been racist or all the other people that have been sexist or all the people that have been trans or whatever right so like there's all these things that were against yeah. but like on all those other times it wasn't enough to ban someone but when this guy does it it is so it's like this really picking and choosing moment i guess that's yeah. what reminded me of it so i think that's similar to the christian mindset of like when the school bus crashes and 12 kids die it's not god's fault but like when the person who hit the school bus survives like oh thank god he lived right or like, the dumbest shit of he life. was fucking drunk driving and hit the school bus what do you mean thank god he lived you know like oh there was a house fire my grandma died but the bible didn't burn it's oh, dude, i was going to present that like i've seen that shit when tornadoes roll through oh, it's yeah. like this entire family home was destroyed everything except the bible it's like that's just proof that god works in mysterious ways like what he he fucking destroyed everything you worked your whole life for, but that book he survived. It almost seems petty at that point, right? There's one a classic example that I always laugh at. Of uh, it's like you know the church burned down, but the golden cross didn't, and everyone's like, it's a miracle, yeah. and it's like no fire or wood burns, like <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's made of metal, man. And then the fucking yeah. cross didn't because it's made of metal. Like what the fuck are you talking about? That's <laughs> uh, good shit. Um, but yeah, Andrew Tate, um, if the, I don't know if it's your mom's house exists, they might have took that down, you know, of course, but uh, it was very funny. But also, I mean, it made me feel like a little uncomfortable when you watch it. You're like, oh, this is a little much. I mean, I, I will say that much about it, but I, I wouldn't ban anyone from anything. 
You know, from what I've gathered on him in particular, like I said, I haven't seen any of his content. I've just heard about it secondhand. But I think people were more concerned with the ones who were not necessarily in on the joke. Because right. every context I've heard his name has been like, holy shit, this fucking guy. You know? But I think he did have like a group of fans who were like, you know what? Fuck yeah. This guy gets it. Right. <laughs> I think that's where like most of the worry well, comes from. It's a really good example of like, I love Stephen Colbert. When I was in college and then I ran out of college, the Colbert Report was like just killing it. I don't really like Colbert as much these days. I don't like his new show. But the Colbert Report is great. But there's all these studies done by these universities that were happening at the time. And like, if you were liberal or Democrat and you watched it, or if you're a conservative Republican and watched it, you came away agreeing with it. Because the way he's doing satire the Republicans yeah. would be like, but he's saying good points, but the Democrats be like, he's joking. And so, but like both people would rate it high because like, it just, sometimes it's hard to get the satire whenever it's like for your team or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think probably happens with democratic people as well. You know, uh, I'm sure that's fascinating. And then like, it's weird to go from that to the Trevor Noah situation where he is almost unanimously, hated amongst republicans right well from my perception at least that's the way it seems well i think most people don't really enjoy him that much um my wife's read his book and says his book's great so that makes her like him you know has nothing to do with the show (laughs) she's like his book's so good he has such a cool life story but um i just john stewart i i think they shouldn't have replaced him i'll be honest i think they should have named it something else because it's different and i don't think every comedian should do politics or should try to be like having a point and i think john stewart kind of ruined comedy in a way because a lot of comedians now think they have to do that when they're not really the right mind for it you know but john stewart was he was like yeah he was that perfect balance it was perfect i mean he was comedy first but at least that's how what he would claim but he was always seemed to be right. It's kind of like, I don't think of myself as being very liberal these days. And we can totally talk about that. Cause I think me and you are pretty similar politically. I think you're maybe a little more conservative leaning. I'm a little more liberal, but in general, I think both of us has gotten like less liberal as we've gotten older. Cause that's what happens to white. Yeah. People. Yeah. And, um, but every time I hear Bernie Sanders talk, I just can't help, but love it. You know, so like there is some yeah. like seed in me that's like there is a liberal in there and I want to. And John Stewart's the same way. Like I'll listen to his podcast now and I just everything he says, I'm like, you're you're right about everything, <laughs> bro. You're like always right. Yeah. And so I just don't think they should have replaced him. Uh, they should just be like, all right, I know, especially over. like he had his tone was in place and like the message he was attempting to deliver was in place. Whereas my perception of Trevor, Trevor Noah, like when I do see the clips, it seems like there's more of a preachy kind of vibe like right he's trying too hard to display his own opinions in it versus keeping it semi-neutral and just making a mockery of all of it well i think in general part of what probably maybe a little less of a liberal is it is a lot of preaching at you you know and i've i've said this a lot but like the same thing that makes me be like not a fan of religion these days or the right is like how they have like the christian fundamentalist aspect of it all right and i'm just like well that really turns me off because there's like a self-righteousness to it and now the liberals yeah have a self-righteousness to it where i'm like fuck you you know i just it's hard for me to get on the yeah. side that's going to preach at everyone of how they need to do it i i enjoyed the like lead by example you know be a good person and let other people see it not fucking yell at people on twitter all day yeah but then again people love twitter social media in general i've gotten really bad about caring about you know, and I know it's affecting. Yeah, it's an easy trap to fall into. Yeah, I find a lot of the issues that I'm vocal about 
when I really, really break it down, I don't give a fine fuck about them. But I think people's reaction to those issues, for whatever reason, infuriates me. So, like, the issues themselves are not all that inflammatory in my mind. But the reaction other people have to those issues is like, fucking morons exist. Like, how can these morons exist? And right. that will trigger me. I hate, yeah, right. To me, what triggers me, like, is the same as you, is like, whenever someone makes a very hyperbolic statement that's obviously not true, or when someone like uses a word that you're like, well, that's not the right definite. You know, you're not, you're making shit. Yeah. Like, I just can't let it go. I can't let go of the small logic stuff where I'm like, even if I agree with your point. You know, that like you should be able to have an abortion or whatever, whatever the issue is. It's like if they worded a certain way, I'm like, but that the way you word, it's incorrect. And that part's wrong. Yeah, yeah. I have to argue that part, even if I agree with your point or whatever. So there is moments like that where I'm like, y'all are just all stupid. And another way I've influenced my wife a little bit is and I've done on this podcast forever. And it's always hard for me to say is like a lot of times I'm not giving my actual po- opinion on politics. I'm saying like for optics or if you're trying to win you should do this strategy you know like why don't you go about yeah. it this way if you're trying not saying I, you're wrong i'm just saying like you should do this and so like i noticed the other day my wife said something similar to that and i was like oh i'm finally rubbing off on my politic thinking i think <laughs> yeah well it's one of those things like i think you're similar to me like we're, we both shy away from the extremism so like if you can make your point in a coherent way without getting all emotional and weird about it, I tend to resonate with that a lot more. I'll decide with some shit that I don't even agree with. If I can see some sort of glimmer of common sense in how they're presenting it. Right. Versus the emotional reaction. And, uh, I'm right. You're wrong. Style of reaction. that society has become so leaning towards. Well, it's like the, this is a theme that's happened throughout this podcast. Cause I've had this podcast about five years now, I think total, something like that. And, um, you know, all the people that were like, they hated Hillary. That's where like their emotion came from. They also hated Obama. You know, whenever Obama was president, yeah. there was plenty of people that just hated him because they thought he was a Muslim or whatever. So that, that hate transferred to them hating Hillary as well. And then that transferred to the, a love of Trump. It was like, Part of it was Trump, but it was also some about like this negative stuff from other places led to it. And then that happened with the other party where like the liberals hated Trump so much that they got them all. They just start. They just act like the way the fucking ridiculous conservatives acted about Obama. You know, like they're saying wild shit like he's a fucking evil genius. You're like, bro, that motherfucker barely ties shoes. I don't think like he deserves to go to prison. He's a it's treason. Right. And it was like when they were like, Hillary should go to prison. They're like, you can't do that. That's a political enemy. You can't be there. Like, I don't know. It just I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I can't dude. stand it. I know. Because I'm like, I just feel like none of y'all have. Everyone has such a short memory on all of this stuff. Um, I really I think maybe something I know I'm for sure going to do when this podcast ends. is I'm going to read a lot. I really am behind on reading. I haven't done it basically since I started this podcast. And uh, I really feel like it's good for your mind. And I might try Very to much. try to get into like history stuff, like of you know different presidents and stuff. I know they're like all kind of biased because it's hard to find like the real stuff. But um, yeah, maybe occupy my mind with like old politics instead of new politics. That can I think it's so impossible to rationalize any like human beings, even in a group of five people. The just how complicated our fucking brains and processes work. Even in the political realm of, like I said, a small group of five people, all the ins and outs of each relationship and the wants and desires of people, I 
to an extent, I think it's almost impossible to even comprehend how a society should function because like, just, just like you're married, I'm married. Sometimes even navigating a marriage is fucking impossible. And it's just one person you have to communicate with because people don't always say what they mean, or they don't always, they don't always vocalize every thought that's going on in their minds. So like it's a balancing act, just one-on-one Right. politics yeah well, <laughs> like, how then, the fuck are you supposed to understand an entire country where the people with different upbringings different views and lenses the word the way they're looking at the world is different based on their experiences like it's impossible to tackle for sure i mean i think i view it i guess kind of like religion as well you know i'm just hate on them no uh everything is like there is a truth to everything, right? Like to me, like rights are something that doesn't shouldn't cost anyone money. Rights are something like everyone should have naturally that doesn't require you yeah. to tax someone else for. It. Like those would be called something else or should have a different <clears throat> name. Um, and so I do think in government in general, it's like so weird because it's like if we had a democracy, which we don't, I know a lot of people get weird about that, but we don't have a democracy. A democracy would be like we went and all voted on everything, but that's not even good either because if say in the eighteen hundreds, they would have never voted to free the slaves. You know, like, yeah, it's so like a democracy isn't always good because the people can still be bad or be like or vote the wrong way yeah. or like so like. But well, there, and even but there should be like a moral truth. You know, there is something of like humans are equal. There shouldn't be slaves. So like there should be something yeah. there that's like something should have to guide you. But then, yeah, when you go to like a republic, which is what we have now, you have like representatives that vote on your behalf of your people. But those people have gotten bought off by the corporations. So because they Uh make all the money. And so it's like we are kind of fucked. I don't think we can fix it, obviously. And if everyone wants to preach communism and shit, but that's the same. Like the corporations just become the government and the government becomes the corporation. (laughs) So it's like it's the same problem we have now. It's going to be like a lobbyist, but they're just officially a part of the government. And then people think somehow they're like. And we'll own the factories. I'm like, what factories? We don't have factories here. We have like shipping stations to get. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand uh, what people's like future ideas are or whatever as far as in government. But I'm like, whatever it is, I think it's not going to be good. I think it's going to be a lot of like, yeah. uh, Remember that Justin Timberlake movie where you're like buying time to stay alive? I think (laughs) I think we're going further like that than anything. Yo, like even on the topic of voting, even in a perfect world, if the voting system was fair and we did vote on every issue, the way they manipulate the system in that regard is you think you're voting on one issue, but deep inside the depth of that bill, there's five other fucking things that they implant in there to trick you into voting us. Like, vote yes to feed the homeless. They'll name it something that sounds really good, but yeah, inside of it is like, by the way, we the need Patriot a new highway Act. and we need uh, you to spend money on this helicopter pad for the elites of this area. Yeah, they'll just add on. This, this act is called safe schools. We're going to stop school shooters like, oh, yeah, vote yes. But then like deep within that, there's some other sketchy shit that's unrelated. So it's like, and then you vote against that. You're like, well, I'm going to vote against all the sketchy shit that they tried to bury within this. But on the surface level, it's like, what, you don't want to stop school shooters? Who would vote no to stopping school shooters? It's like, no, I voted no to all the other dumb shit they tried to implement alongside this. Like, why can we not break down these issues into way more narrow categories than trying to throw together 100 different demands 
into one yes or no vote. Right. It'd be like if they're like, hey, this bill legalizes weed, but criminalizes guns. You're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Can't we just separate yeah. those two things? No, like, no, no, we're together. I have heard like some of the states that do legalize weed, if you do get your card, that will restrict you in certain ways when it comes to like firearms and stuff. People have Which part that. of me I don't think rational mind I Okay, I don't I didn't know if there's any truth to that. But like rationally I can sort of see where the thought process would come from on that. Like maybe we shouldn't have a bunch of people running around high with firearms, but also there's gotta be some other solution. You know what I mean? Like in Oklahoma and Missouri, people are drinking beer with firearms every day. 100%. 100%. And we've been smoking weed with firearms. I guess it's, it's, it's normal. Right. But I also think what I think a lot of times with like getting high or whatever is, you know, like that first couple months where you first start, you are getting like, you can get like really fucking high, you know, you can get really, but when you're like 15 years in of like pretty much daily activity, it's like, not that you know like it, it rarely affects me and they, yeah yeah and they've even done like all these studies in oklahoma now that it's been legal where uh driving on marijuana your reaction time i think is the same as you not high like i think that's what the newest yeah. one did which is kind of just to clarify my position on that like i don't even necessarily think oh yeah if you're fucking high you shouldn't have a gun more more so what i was saying is like I can rationalize where they would yeah, for sure. potentially come up with that. Well, like the word here, I can see from an untrained mind where they'd be like, well, fuck, we can't have people high on drugs with fucking right. guns. Well, <laughs> like, here originally it was thought like, well, you're on this list and then you'll be on this other list. And you know, it's like a whole a list thing. Cause that's what happens when they want you to get, get you scared. They're like, your name's going to be on a list. And I was like, okay, yeah. if that list is, they can't well, arrest me for marijuana. Put my name on that list, please. I don't, yeah, understand I'll take it. <laughs> what the issue is here. It's weird. I still battle with the idea that like I could get a medical card if I wanted, but I'm in a career choice where that's not an option. Like right. I work in a DOT Department of Transportation regulated field, and I do not see any time or place where that will get lifted just for safety concerns, obviously. And let if maybe there was a way they could test uh it like within current hours. use, right? Similar I, to I, a DWI with alcohol, right? If there was a way they could do it like alcohol, I could see maybe. Uh, but yeah, if they're relying on urine tests for it, then yeah, yeah, I don't. It would be hard. I actually heard recently from someone I was speaking to that that test does exist. It's just stupid expensive. It's not like it's not one that cops just have on standby just because it's not realistic. Like it's. The expense of it is not worth the convenience of it, I guess. Well, in that field, just like some other fields, the need's so high that they, at some point in time, they won't care about that. Um, and they'll have to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, I can see that. You know I mean, like, I know, and not in my job particularly, but in IT fields, they that was one of the first professions to lose it because they just couldn't find people that could pass and be qualified. You know, well, Especially IT in general. Most people develop knowledge on computers and stuff. Like, that's a common thing, like, to get high, play video games, play on a computer, tinker around with shit. Like, yeah. there's not really a ton of danger involved in that. So the type of people that are going to be attracted to that job are also going to be the type of people attracted to smoking weed. Right. And again, we understand why people are like, well, you wouldn't want people driving vehicles to be doing drugs and getting high. 
I would say yeah. they drink alcohol probably all the time. Uh, other thing, you know, the truckers are notoriously been doing all kinds of speedy drugs for years. Oh yeah. And fucking coked up. <laughs> right. So like, I don't know if you remember that. Simpsons <laughs> fucking episode. weird gas station pills. Like, Oh yeah. Five times the energy. I remember the old Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a truck driver with Bart and they, uh, get some like, automatic pedal or whatever that drives for them whenever they sleep. But yeah, it like implies all the truckers are all, you know, fucking cracked out and shit. So, yeah, which I don't, you don't do like the overnight shit, right? Like you're kind of, you're back by the end of the day. Yeah. Mike, I'm, I clock in and home at night. I kind of on overnights currently, like right now I clock in at 2 a.m. But like you don't clock in on a Monday and then get back Thursday. Yeah. And then come home Thursday or any of that shit. Yeah. Home daily, just the hours are fucked. Right. My grandfather uh, that I have in Colorado, Cortez, Colorado, he had a semi truck t- tow business. And so uh, I met him when I was like eight or something. And I visited him like every summer for quite a while. And he would always have these crazy stories of, you know, like the Coors Lot truck wrecked and he got to go tow it in and he had two fridges full of Coors Lot, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, um, it was always fun. But, you know, he was like in that semi tow truck life, of course, you know, fucking fixed them and shit. So I feel like I should know more about it. But um, it also seems extremely uh, in- intimidating, I guess, is the word like within the giant fucking trucks and shit, you know. Yeah, it was a weird concept. Like, I kind of got my foot in the door originally working for the Postal Service, which they drive those tiny fucking weird-looking vehicles. Right. I don't even remember what they're called. But, like, that was my first, like, driving job. And then I upgraded to a FedEx truck and then realized I could double my salary if I just start pulling a trailer. So I'm like, fuck, I'll figure it out. So, like, for me, it was like a slow progression to larger and larger vehicles. So it wasn't... As intimidating, but if you'd have told me at eighteen that I'd be a truck driver, I'd be like, "Well, you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm not stepping foot in one of those fucking things." They look so, like you said, just so fucking intimidating from the outside looking in. Right. Well, I I always think to myself when I see them on like the highway, I'm like, easy job. I don't know, like what, right? Because you're like, once you hit the whatever limit, you're probably just chilling. Uh, yeah. Whatever. And then as soon as I see them in town, I'm like, oh my god, you couldn't pay me enough money. To make some of these fucking turns. yeah, that and that's the fucking <laughs> ballpark I'm in. Like the dudes who go over the road state to state, that is just cake-ass job. Unfortunately, a lot of those dudes you see, like I post up with some truck stops every now and then, and we'll deliver. Like these dudes are waddling to and from their truck, like right, yeah. so fucking physically unhealthy because they just sit for twelve hours at a time and then eat fucking fried gas station food every meal. Yeah, one of the but, only place businesses in my hometown was a truck stop. Uh, we're on the my hometown is on the so yeah, you know exactly what I'm yeah, talking corner about. Corner of Highway 70 and Highway 81 in Oklahoma, and yeah, you would just see all kinds of funny truckers, you know, slept and parked overnight and shit like that. We'd also have like the local truck stop hooker type people. Yeah, the around. lot lizards, as yeah. they call them. Yeah, but I would eat, love the food. That's where you go if you want some, uh, you know, breakfast at 10 o'clock at night in a small ass town. Uh huh. Yeah, you can get breakfast for dinner or fucking dinner for breakfast. Like, yeah, anything goes. It don't matter there. I can get a corn dog at 5 a.m. Fuck yeah. So I love the truck stop on. So that's those are my favorite places growing up. I remember as a little kid, my mom uh, 
back up the story. He's like, I had this memory where every Sunday night was all you could eat pancakes for 99 cents if you were like below some age or something. And so like, oh, and she was like, I go, I remember eating a lot of fucking pancakes. She was, and we were really poor at that time and we totally got way better later, but she was like, yeah, that would feed you there. That would last you forever. I was just like, I'll just load you up with fucking pancakes. And I was like, Oh shit, that's crazy. Um, that's fucking wild. Like how places even get away with offering a deal like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause now it's just so hard to think about, which also, of course, cause you're about my same age. Like you think back to, I remember seeing gas at 90 something cents, you know, not when I was driving, of course, but as a child, like, because I used to pump the gas for my mom. That's something me and Steph yeah. talked about last week is like, you never see kids pumping gas anymore, at least not around where I'm at. And I'm like, I don't think oh, my yeah. mom ever pumped gas when I was with her. Like I had to do it. Yeah. I, I was definitely in those shoes too. So it's just crazy how times have changed or now like, and I'm not even like uh, this super uh, Andrew Tate guy, but the idea where you see like women pumping their gas and the guys are just kind of sitting inside or whatever. Like I will pump the gas if I'm with my wife, because I don't know, like they're yeah. just weird. Like you're supposed to sort of mentality in my mind. Yeah. The only exception to that is when she sends me into the gas station for fucking snacks or whatever. Like she'll usually offer to pump like, Oh, will you get me uh, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, this is a fair arrangement. Sure. But yeah, it's just different the way way it's worked. And since you also have kids, I mentioned how like I I was mowing lawns at like such an early age. And that's how I made money was mowing lawns in the summer and stuff. Same. And I just and I guess it's because there's now these lawn crews and shit. But like, I just don't see any kids mowing, like not even their own lawn. Like, I just don't see oh, I know. any children like, mowing. How the fuck I even got any sort of business. I would just walk door to door. Like if I saw them long grass i'd knock on the door like hey can i mow your yard for 15 bucks and the amount of people that said yes blows my fucking mind because i don't think you could find that day maybe to your point it is because like so many landscaping companies exist it's like all the kids that grew up doing that shit like we did started their own fucking yeah. companies as adults i guess so yeah you know i'm gonna keep this hustle alive that's exactly how I did it, though. We would walk door to door, me and a friend. Like, I always hated weed eating. And so I, my friend Jonathan would weed eat and I would mow. And uh, we would just go door to door and try to knock some out. We'd get up to buy some video games. Um, you know, that's just how, how we got entertainment or whatever. So it is. I just think it's interesting. Um, and how just all the kids, again, of course, everything's changed. But like we, me and Snappy mentioned how we rode. Like I would just see we'd ride bikes everywhere as a kid. Like you'd ride. Over oh, everywhere, house. dude. And then, like, you would see, like, the collection of bikes outside someone's house, and you're like, oh, everyone's over there. But I don't see that anywhere now. Like, now, I guess, actually, when I go home, because I'm, like, home is in my hometown, it's still a small town, so you'll see some kids on bikes, but not really. I mean, not like it was with me. And I never see them in the town I'm in now, which is, like, a college town size. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I would get home from school. Me and, like, 10 other people would just be cruising around on bikes. or Like, we'd make these sketchy fucked up bike ramps in someone's backyard and fuck ourselves up. Yeah. And I remember being as young as like 12, 13 doing that. And I can't imagine now as an adult witnessing a 12 year old eat shit off some homemade fucked up plywood ramp. Well, I'd say about 12 <laughs> was like jackass had probably come out maybe around. Yeah, there. that's fair. And then like razor scooters. And I remember my friend Jonathan was like, want to ride a razor scooter off his roof. And he would want me to film it, you know, or pretend yep. or whatever. I don't know. It was like everyone was being jackass or whatever. 
Um, also, trampolines were a big deal back then. Lots of wrestling on the trampolines and like oh, yeah. each other up and really getting your aggression out there, acting like you're playing, but really it was on like real wrestling. <laughs> a couple of years ago, my son won a trampoline for his birthday and I still think I've thoroughly enjoyed it more than he has. Because when I was younger, that was some shit that was always on my wish list. And for whatever reason, just never got one. Right. But all of my friends in the neighborhood would have trampolines. So, like, I had to get my fix by, like, going to someone else's house and using theirs. And as an adult, like, having one in my backyard now, I'm like, I can fucking jump whenever I want. Like, part of me still feels like a fucking little kid at times. Like, I'm going to go do a backflip. Right. Yeah, I remember... uh I, I got lucky, I guess, in a way, because I was kind of poor. We lived in low-income housing until I was like five or six. But I had a trampoline at my grandparents' house. So, you know, I go there on the weekend. Oh, nice. And it was someone's old one, like one of my aunts or uncles. So it was from like a different generation. Like, I didn't have any padding over the springs, and I didn't have any cage. And so, like, at our age, the padding was for sure a thing all my friends had except me. And then... A yep. couple kids I knew had a cage, but it hadn't really taken over yet. The cage thing. And I would just do a backflip, land on my spring. And then it would like yeah, launch legs, me. get all fucking caught up and shit. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I got into some shit on the trampoline, but I had so much. I, I mean, I'd spend almost every day on the trampoline for years. It felt like. Oh yeah. So it was definitely um cool. But yeah, once we got like a house, um, my grandparents let me take the trampoline with me. So that was, Dude, I distinctly remember, this is a fascinating point. Do you remember the first time you ever got the wind knocked out of you? How yeah. fucking terrifying and how you just knew in that moment you were going to die. Yeah. Like, I remember that happened well, to me actually. on a trampoline. Like me and my buddy were jumping in the rain for whatever fucking reason. And I just slid right off the side of it and just belly flopped onto the ground from like four foot up. And for whatever reason, my instinct was to just take off sprinting towards his front door, like in hopes that maybe his mom could revive me. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm going to die for <laughs> right. sure. Yeah. I was, uh, my cousin Cameron lived about a block away from him and I was climbing his tree. I think we we're in like third grade. And it was one of those trees that it drops these things that look like pine cones, but they're not pine cones. And they have these little red bean looking things that come out of the things that look like pine cones, but aren't. So if anyone knows what kind of fucking tree that is, that's what kind of tree it was. And I climbed way too high and, uh, the branches snapped underneath me. And I remember I fell, caught another branch and then that branch snapped. And then I fell and landed just directly on my back out of a tree. And it was like, you know, in your breast, like, oh. like, like you're just grasping for air, you know? And I was like, what's going on? And then I also had this fear my whole life as a little kid. I mean, not my whole life, but as a kid, because I knew I was born two months premature and I knew my heart didn't work when I was born. And so I had this fear that I would just forget how to breathe all the time. And now I know that they were a little anxiety attacks because I know what those are now, but uh-huh. As a kid, I would go, oh, it's because I was poor, premature and my heart doesn't work. And I thought that was it. And so- <laughs> I, similarly, I had like a blood clot, really fucked bad blood clot when I was a baby. And they had my head open to go in and like relieve swelling and like stop the clot. So for the longest time when I was young, like I was sure I was just going to die early. Like I'm going to have a fucking aneurysm and die. Like they just temporarily fixed my brain. Like there's still some shit going on though. I just know any headache I'll get like, well, today's the day. Like that fucking blood clots back. Yeah. I mean, my cousin Cameron, actually, when I mentioned earlier that at his house, 
he got a blood clot in third grade in his brain and he had to go up to Oklahoma City and got a tube in his brain and all this shit. It was a whole thing. And then he couldn't play like any physical contact sports afterwards. And uh, it was fucking scary as shit. But they said that the trampoline could have caused it. Like they, they just told his parents. And I was like, it's my trampoline. <laughs> That's where. He- <laughs> yeah. So I felt like super bad about it. That uh, we played this game called one, two, three karate, which was kind of like um, rock, paper, scissor. Like, but on one, two, three, and then you jumped and you done a karate move to each other, which mine was always kick him in the head. And so <laughs> I, in hindsight, I felt so bad that what if that gave him a blood clot, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, for sure. and can't help. Right. But, you know, your children, you don't know. Um, yeah. So, Cameron, I don't think you listen because you're a good Christian man. But if so, I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Um, so I did have other random shit, like a mini list, not a whole lot, of course. But I, I know you watched the What is a Woman documentary. And I know you found oh, yeah. it a little bit interesting. And I've also watched it, of course. And um, the more time I go about it, that one lady you might remember has the glasses. She's kind of looks like a 1990s psych- psychiatrist lady or whatever. She, I think, yeah. is the one I agreed with the most, where she's like, it used to be called gender dysmorphia. And, you know, a 30 year old would come in your office and be like, I got these issues. I think I'm the other gender. And you would work through that, you know, and then they might transition. But now what it is, is it's like an 11 year old says it and they're giving them like all these pills or whatever, you know. And so it's like the Yeah. It, medically, it has changed the Democrat. And I'm like, I think I'm more interested in that aspect of it than anything of like, well, what's going to happen to these? Because we just don't know. Right. It's like the first wave of this stuff. But yeah, I do. What think- I found fascinating, the same guy who did that documentary recently, like posted some article how they're basically like proving that this was a more. Less a mental type thing and more so a societal pressure like the fact that all of this is at the forefront of discussion people who would otherwise maybe grow out of this or be considered like a tomboy or just a phase since it is such a mainstay in society now like they're like oh i must be trans like that's what everyone's talking about i gotta be trans this is it so it's like the fact that it is such a common discussion is actually contributing to the growth of it Right. Well, it's like, like it somehow fulfilling prophecy type. It it gets you attention. It somehow makes you a better person if you are like into their world or whatever. It's kind of like uh, I don't know. It it is odd because I I would be like I'm open for anyone to be whatever, but I'm also not pushing anyone to be anything. You know, I'd be like, yeah, I do whatever. Yeah. You want to do. And I do feel like in this world, certain things are pushed. Well, we were raised in a world where like everything was gay and like you couldn't do anything because that was gay. And so there was definitely this pressure that if you were gay, that's very negative and bad. And now it's hard for me to imagine because I don't feel like I'm on the gay spectrum anywhere, of course. And so I, I don't know what that pressure would have been like to me. I was just scared of someone thinking I did something gay or whatever. And I'm very, or like my junior high, I was leaning into the humor of like, Oh, yep. I'm just super gay. You know, like that's the way I handled anyone saying something. Yeah. But other people didn't handle it that way. And I'm sure if you were actually gay, that fear of being found out or whatever was like horrible. <laughs> and it it changed, of course. Oh, yeah. Because even as a straight person, like, yeah, just the thought of someone like accusing you is almost like Salem witch trial type shit. Like, no, I, I'm not gay. 
I'll, I'll fucking kiss a girl right now. I'm not gay. Right. Yeah. Watch. It was. Right. And so like the attitude of like us is so different than the attitude of kids now that are like, we should have a rainbow on our school uniform so that, you know, everyone knows they're accepting. Yeah. Like that's just, I'm not saying they're wrong or that we were right. Not at all. I'm just saying we're different thing. Like society is yeah. in a so just different. It is hard. I think for us to understand and them to understand us or whatever. Right. And so, well, like even on a weirder scale, like the attitude towards tattoos, like, Back in our grandparents' days, you maybe had a tattoo if you were a Marine right. or a fucking gang member. Yeah. So, like, when grandparents, people in their 80s, see some young person with tattoos, they'd have that disgusted look. Whereas you and I have kind of grown up with it. And more so, people who are like 18, 19 now have definitely grown up with it, where there's high school kids with fucking neck tattoos. Right. When, so, and I do think for a while, you know, like I said, the, gay thing was kind of accepted or whatever. Now it has gone the trans and I, I do feel like this pendulum swung too much or maybe not too much is the wrong word, but I think if you're just a normal gay person, most people are like, Oh, you must be trans. And I just think yeah, there's I, nothing I was wrong say, like, with you just being a normal gay person. Yeah. Gay people are like becoming obsolete. Like, like, no, you can't be gay. Like you're just born in the wrong body. It's like, no, I'm just a man that likes men. Like, no, you're just secretly a female. That's why you like men. Right. It's like starting to be like, it's like, no, you're not. There's not really gay. You're just really a woman. Yeah. You know, where they're like, it's odd to me that. Uh, and and again, yeah. maybe I'm overthinking it. And people are like, that's not a real thing or whatever. Because I've heard I brought that up to someone before and they go, well, that's just a made up thing that doesn't really happen. Gay people don't really feel that way. I'm like, all right, maybe. But I've also known some. uh uh, like I knew some tomboys growing up, right. That uh, went on to be lesbian women, but they're still like women, you know, and they're like proud of yeah. being a woman. And if someone would have told them early on, like, Hey, take testosterone or whatever. I just, I don't know. It's weird. And then also the sports aspect. And I know everyone brings this up, but no one brings out the, yes, there's the like men who have transitioned to women uh, and then they do really well in the sports, but there's also the ones of like, the women that want to transition to men take the testosterone, then they still have to compete as women because like the states make them and then they yeah. beat everyone's ass because they're on testosterone because they don't test women for yeah. testosterone. Like Which is just men. a fucking case in point, like proof, like that there is an advantage to male hormones right. in athletics. And then again, I think because it happens so quickly, it leads people like me and you who have no actual like skin in the game to be like, well, this is dumb. But again, that's how us white men are of, very, you know, it was like just a week ago, it felt like your gender doesn't matter. <clears throat> you know, like gender doesn't matter. But yeah. then it all of a sudden matters a lot when you say the wrong one. And you're like, what? Yeah. I thought it didn't matter, you know. Or whatever. So um, I don't know. But I thought the documentary was good. I'm glad I watched it, you know, so I could be in the know of the conversation that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The one thing, even as someone who did enjoy it, I can see where obviously documentaries are edited. And they're built to display some sort of narrative. Yeah. And I wonder how many people he interviewed throughout the course of that that just didn't quite, maybe they were a little too rational or maybe they weren't quite as extreme in their views. Right. Because we know it's like most of the characters that were presented in there were like very fucking polarizing. Right. Like they just had the most extreme and the mindset on it. People agreed with him and. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And I do think his tone... Even as someone who agrees with his point, I can still see how it was presented in an unfair way, but like, 
you're not going to find a documentary on any subject that's not placed into that category. Right. Well, and I do think uh, he like talked to the people he disagreed with, with a certain tone that you can hear. Like he's just combative against them, you know, and so they get combative back. Um, So, yeah, I do think some about it is unfair. But since the Daily Wire is kind of blowing up and that's who produced the film and I didn't pay for it, I got it for free or whatever. And so I was like, well, I'm going to see what this is all about because everyone keeps fucking talking about it, you know. So that's all that went. Yeah, it's fascinating. And just honestly, just to see that there are people in like professional positions who do have these beliefs is alarming that one doctor lady who was like she has hundreds of patients who she's given these to like i feel like someone should take her license you know but yeah but then you're like well if the parents are signing off on it there is a part of me that's like well it's up to the parents um i don't know it, it's, it's all fucking thing. weird it's an odd thing that's where like that's the only aspect of it that i get weird about just probably from being a parent obviously like the rights of children is kind of more so in my peripherals now than it was when I was 18 and not so yeah it's fucking weird just to think that there are these predatory for lack of a better term people out there who would try to like convince your children these weird things well like when I was 12 I was like hey mom I would like to learn to play guitar could you drop me 30 minutes away to these guitar lessons and we've do that. And she said, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so like, I can't even imagine a world in which it's like, Hey, I think I may be the other gender. And she's like, we're dope. You're getting surgery, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, let's cut so, that dick right off. You know, it'd be like, wait till you're 18, you know, just, but then again, I'd wait till I was 18 to get a tattoo. And I knew kids whose parents took when they were 16, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Kind of similar, but not, but you know, kind of. Um, and one thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is all your music shit. So I know you're doing a live show, uh, I think a week after this episode comes out or the weekend after something like that. Yeah. On the third, I'm not sure when this one is coming out, but is a week from when we're filming it, recording it. Yeah. Yeah. It's will come out uh, a few days before that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how how did that come to be? Are you excited about it? How long since you last were, you know performed live, all of that? So I've mixed feelings about it. It's kind of a weird, like I'm 32 now and a rapper. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of a hard thing to rationalize with myself. Like, hey, I'm going to perform live. I got to get a bunch of fucking people out to see me rap. Like as a 32-year-old father, there is like this underlying weirdness to it all. But... The promoter is a guy I reached out to like fucking three years ago when I actually was performing on a pretty consistent basis. I sent him a Facebook message because he was one of the bigger guys in town bringing acts in like, hey, need an opener or need me on a show? Like, I'd love to give it a shot, blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, I don't know if he just randomly discovered the weird folder on Messenger where those unsorted messages go like the other folder. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know if he just happened to be browsing that, but he messaged me. He's like, Hey man, I don't know how I ever saw that, but if you still want to be on a show, I got one coming up. Like what the fuck? I looked on it. Like I sent this message to him in 2019. So I'm like, how the fuck did this guy just now see this? Well, nice. But yeah, I haven't, I've not performed probably since around 2019. 
So I'm excited. I'm confident. Like I know I still got it, but like I said, there is that underlying weirdness and trying to sell tickets as an adult who's like friends with other parents and shit. It's kind of a weird position to be in. Right. Yeah, I've definitely had these, you know, live performance thoughts before, which I think I probably mentioned on here, but I can't do it in around the town I'm in because of my profession and my wife's, you know, she's just like real nervous about that. So it has to be somewhere like yeah. kind of not here, but then it's like, I'm probably, I'm probably going to suck right the first time you would think. So it's like, I don't even know how to go about it. So it is like, um a daunting task or whatever, but I do think it's a cool yeah. goal and I think it's to be something more people should be trying to do. Yeah. It's, I'm excited for it. And like mine, not so much like yours. Like I can see where you'd be weird about people, you know, right. Knowing about it. I know just, a lot of people are, I work with like so many people. Yeah. Town, yeah. I guess is my, for me, like I've kept my music semi filtered for long enough where like I can kind of stand by the product. Like, I'm not going to be saying anything so fucking wild that I'd be embarrassed for people to hear it, I guess. Right. But, like, you and I just have very similar vocal styles. Yours, I would say, is more of a traditional hip-hop, like, no filter, say whatever the fuck. Yeah, We can get vulgar uh, if we want. There's a shot. I'm, like, a little more, yeah, I feel I'm a little more reserved in my lyrical content. Aside from the dark hours, that was kind of a let-it-loose type project, but... Right, like I get embarrassed of my lyrics from people that are close to. Like I don't, my, my wife hears it the whole time. I'm like, Ugh, like I'm cringing inside of like, <laughs> yeah, 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 because I know I'm saying some dumb, crazy shit. But like, that's my lane, you know. I can't, I can't do the like. Uh, I heard my wife was listening to some music before you started, and it was someone that said Tokyo wasn't built in a day, and it was like just stole the whole Rome wasn't built in a day thing. I was like, I could never steal a fucking cliche line like that. Like I would have to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. something stupid, but yeah, it's just a different, different styles. But yeah. So for like, for that aspect of me, I'm not too worried. Like, but at the same time, I know on this show, I will probably be one of the only performers where that is the case. So like just inviting my other fellow adult parents to like this degenerate rap show is a weird like, hey, I got tickets, $15, knowing that I would be the only act that maybe they would semi-resonate with. Right. And the next, like, deathcore band comes out after you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's it's awesome. odd. Well, I'm excited. It's cool. How's your new music it'll going? it be one of those moments where I kind of see if I'm still interested in doing that. Right. Yeah. See if it gets the black. I'm almost doing it as like that greatest hits tour where like I'm the only one who knows the hits. Yeah. Well, that'll be good though. I mean, should have good songs for everybody. Like my catalog now is a lot larger than it was when I was performing. So it was cool to go through and browse and have such a large selection to handpick. Like, all right, what I want to do. So I mean, I have some of my older stuff, some of the semi new stuff, like, pretty cool blend that's been one of the funnest parts for me is like developing a set list and trying to make something cohesive and flowing almost like assembling an album but in a live right well how's your other new music come i know you're working on a rock album and you're working on something with soko so how how's that plans i've been slow on a lot of my creativity i tend for whatever reason my process always goes in waves i'll have like these month long moments where I'm just on fire going, going, then I'll have this two month, like fuck nothing. And I, 
most time I attribute it to just not a ton of shit is happening in life to give me inspiration. Like I just kind of get caught up in that day-to-day routine and like, what the fuck am I going to write about? Like I go to work, I come home, go to work. You know what I mean? It's hard to find inspiration when like key events aren't taking place, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly why I've developed kind of whatever my new style is. I said that I've been doing since like portrait and then uh, good enough. And on my next album, I still need a name for it, but I, I'm not really inspired by life at the moment, you know, and I know it's kind of bad, but like, but I have, no, these, I get it completely. I have these beats that I just listen to. And like, and I, I hate to brag about myself cause I'm not selling beats and I don't have people being like, Oh, your beats are great. Like I get no compliments on the beats, but I myself sit here and I listen to them and I'm like, I am so fucking good. Like, I don't know. I just love them lately. I just love all the beats I'm making. And so like, I just fucking love them. And I'm like, I have to do something. So this week, for instance, I forced myself to write uh, like this three verse fucking, you know, just traditional talking shit rap song. And I loved it. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I love this shit because it didn't have to mean anything. It was just all random fucking lines or whatever. And then uh, I freestyled two hooks to other beats because that's my new thing is I freestyle hooks and it's a lot of times it doesn't really make sense in it, but it's really about trying to find the groove, if you will, of like make this kind yeah. of fun. And then I try to write a verse, but that's the hardest part is like writing something that's going to kind of make sense with the hook because it's not yeah. like, I'm not going to rap about guns or whatever. Right. I always use that example, but like, I, I just don't, fucking shoot people so i'm not gonna rap about shooting people and so like you have to kind of and it, you can only rap about like being sad that you're not you haven't made it so many times you like you got to find yeah exactly some, and, like there's only so many nostalgia songs you can write or like self-reflective songs you can write that's kind of where i'm stuck is like i feel like i've almost scratched all the itches of like shit that i need to get off of my chest so it's like, where do I go from here? Well, what I've found I do is I've been borrowing a little bit from pop music, I think, in a little way where like. Fuck having to do a vert like, you know, like for instance, normally we do like a hook verse hook verse or whatever, you know, it's like very like we want words to be everywhere as a rapper. I think that's something about rapper, at least for me. And yeah, you just are always want to put in the words or whatever. But now I'm like, fuck it. These four bars, I'm going to repeat like a chant, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I fuck with that. I'm trying to like change up the arrangement in a way, but because I'm doing something different. And also when you listen to your favorite songs right now, or like for me, new songs, they're not doing verse hook verse. Hook. Like a lot of times they are like just fucking around for half of a verse because you can tell they didn't have anything written for that. And so I do, I yeah. think we got to like kind of lean into that, at least for us, like me, because I, I don't really have it. I don't have all of the words to say right now. Um, now, sometimes I do, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is my shit. And I can, it's very easy to write. But other times I'm like, I I think you got to just feel it. You know, you can't really be yeah. too stressed. On that topic, like. One of my favorite songs off of my last album, Dark Hours, was all bad. And if you really break down the structure of that, especially you, you made the beat so you can kind of see how it's arranged. Like that was a very free flowing. There's not really like a. Set pattern or arrangement to it like it's kind of every section is almost a new section in a sense right there's a kind of hook in parentheses but like not traditionally how a hook would sound i guess right or like this week one of the hooks i freestyled i sent the beat over to brad 
And I said this in the last episode as well, but he got it back to me an hour and three minutes from the time I sent it. He wrote and recorded and sent back a verse because the, and also, oh yeah, he was in the group chat talking yeah. about that, like how he was kind of unsure, and you're like, nah, this is it. Yeah, and honestly, it's it was only like a half verse. It was like a half plus a little uh, extra four bars. Um, but I made the beat that way because it's like it felt very anxious. The beat, and I was like, why do we have to have these long ass verses just because you know, like I don't know. So I've been trying some yeah. different shit um, on arrangement sort of things. Uh, just because, you know, and also like, I think me and you view the making music in a similar way of like, it's kind of a hobby, like not in the negative way, but like in the, I don't know, like this is my creation. I'm going to try this shit. No you know? pressure. Yeah. Type. Yeah. Like a lot of people act like every song they make is going to fucking be a hit or whatever. And that's yeah, why this I, has got to be a classic. It's got to be perfect. <laughs> right. Where I ever even put out good enough and the album has done so shitty. I can't, ex- uh, explain explain that enough um it has not done very good on the streams or whatever but i do like it and i do i don't think if i would have put those out as singles they would have done that much better because they're not single top songs you know like they were made as like a collection yeah. and I, I just think i'm better at doing songs as collections than necessarily uh, that's how i am like i and for me it's so mentally exhausting releasing shit as singles knowing that it's only going to be a standalone thing like here it is check it out like, I don't know, maybe there's just something about me that's just a sucker for, like, the cinematics of attempting to tell some sort of story with, like, ebbs and flows, highs and lows in there, and creating that full body of work. And I really try to stress, like, the track order to make it semi-cohesive and kind of take people on some sort of journey. Even if I'm the only one who actually sees that journey, like, people might throw the shit on shuffle and completely dismantle my idea. But how I present the shit is at least how I want it to be digested. Yeah. I spent hours this week doing the track order of whatever my next project is, which hopefully you'll be on. Um, I, Cause I already have the, you know, the beats and stuff I'm going to use. So I've been just putting them on a CD and I have updated multiple times because it has to go in a certain order and i know that's weird to certain people but like sometimes you'll hear a song going another one you're like this one can't go into that one it just doesn't work you know and so like yeah it is like a in a rubik's cube kind of if you will like trying to like you know there is a perfect pattern there has to be and so i, I worry about that shit way too much i think but oh it matters and me. like i said i know <laughs> the thought that i put into all this shit is not going to be picked up on by the average personer, not only do I not have a ton of listeners anyway, as it is, but then the amount of those few listeners that are going to acknowledge, like, oh, I think this was meant to be this way. You know what I mean? So, like, right. a lot of it is just me fucking hitting my head against the wall for no purpose other than to please my own weird little itch. But. Yeah, that's basically what we do all the time, you know, and another thing is like I cared a lot about doing canvases for all my little, you know, my songs on Spotify, but now I've hit this wall yeah. where I'm like, I don't know if I care anymore. So I don't even know if I'm going to make any more for my future songs. I haven't at the moment, but yeah, I don't know. I, I used to think it was so cool to do, but a lot of creative things I think have gotten just more difficult for me to like muster up the energy. And again, once this podcast is done, maybe I'll get some of that energy back. But uh, at the moment, it's all just I too think- much. <laughs> I kind of touched on it earlier 
probably similarly to me, like it's hard to justify putting in the effort to create a canvas and like, Oh, this has got to be perfect. It's got to fucking, the frames got to line up perfect. And this will be so dope just to know that people probably have their phone in their pocket when they're listening anyway. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's hard to justify putting in so much effort to some creative endeavor that more likely than not is going to get overlooked by most of the listeners anyway. So it's like, the fuck am I really doing this for? Exactly. When like I try to line them up also um, to the BPM. So the loops, you know, they repeat yeah. the BPM of the song and all that. And then, and then certain things happen that would like should correspond to like the snares and shit, but then they don't even load right. You know, they load like a second off. And so you're like, ah, fuck. Uh, yeah. Wasted or if you are using Bluetooth headphones, there's always a delay on any video compared right. to audio. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, not worth it, but um, you know, it's a feature, so you think you're cool. Or like, and I mentioned this before, I think with Soko, like I made some lyric videos and I spent so much time on them, and then like they got like no views. And I was like, Well, who gives a fuck about that anymore? You know, like I give up pretty quickly, I think. Maybe I should stick with it. Yeah. Them, but uh you only got so much time, you know. I'm like, I'll just make more beats. And that's the thing is I make too many beats, I feel like, these days, uh, for the fact I'm not moving near as many as I need to, you know, for how many I'm making. But I also yeah. just can't stop. I just am like new day, new beats. So it's only only growth. Yeah, the the grind never stops, as they say. Um, Did Kobe shoot too many fadeaway jumpers? It's true. Uh, I mean, probably, honestly, uh, certain probably, times. Yeah. Uh, in <laughs> those in between years, you know, the Lakers weren't that good. Uh, but I understand the sentiment of it all. Well, you got anything else, man, uh, that you would like to say before, uh, you know, you're done with this shitty podcast? Not that I can think of, man. It's been fun. Fucking holler at me when you rebrand and do this again. I feel like it's inevitable. But maybe not. Like I said, I, whenever I kind of quit my podcast, it wasn't with the intention of full-blown quitting. It was more of a hiatus, or in my mind at least, but... (laughs) It's been harder and harder to justify starting it back up just because, like I said, it's so much fucking work. And right, it's one of those things that I felt satisfied about, but I don't know that other people necessarily gave a fuck about. I've always thought that if it came back, I could see it where it was like a group of people and I wasn't leading it or at least not doing all the shit. Um, yeah. Like, for instance, if there was a world in which Minx was like, she's going to launch a new podcast and she wanted me in twice a month for certain, you know, whatever. I, I could do something like that. I think that'd be really cool. But also, yeah. what's the likelihood anyone's going to do that? You know, I feel like I'm going to have to create it like everything else. Little collection. Like, I don't know if you listen like King and the Wing and the Sting. Like, they just got they've got the main people, but they kind of jump in like between Brendan Schaub, Delia, Theo Vaughn. Fucking! I just hate all those guys except Theo Vaughn. I just think they suck so bad. That's fair. That's fair. And they're not like the worst. I mean, Brennan Schaub is literally horrible at podcasting. He, and he's tough up. to digest. But and Brian Kalen's okay, I guess. But he was mean to Bobby Lee, so now we can't like him. And uh, yeah, Theo Vaughn is great on podcasts, but his stand-up special on Netflix is so fucking bad. I've never been more disappointed watching someone because I only knew him from podcasts. And I was like, hell yeah. Let's yeah, his stand-up doesn't translate. He's one of those dudes that says some of the most hilarious shit on the fly. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it doesn't translate to like a rehearsed, written-out format. 
Yeah, Tom Segura to me is the only one that like I think. I mean, I think he's better at stand up than podcasting, but like it's pretty close. You know, like I, I also enjoy both, but most of them that do both, one of them is all they're always stronger at one than the other. You know, and it's pretty yeah. obvious. I like Schultz a lot, Andrew Schultz. I didn't get a chance to check out his special because I didn't want to fork over fifteen dollars. But yeah, he'll sell to someone eventually. Is what I figured. All the clips I've seen are just fucking hilarious, and his podcast is hilarious. He's just got it. See, I I watched him too much. Now I agree with a lot of his takes or whatever, but I watched his podcast. I got really into it, Flagrant Two for a while. Yeah, I was watching like every episode, and then he went on like all the other podcasts I listen to and watch, and so. I also heard him on that. And then it just got to be like, I think I could kind of just see his formula a little bit, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a formula involved. And so it kind of, I mean, I still think he's good, of course, but I'm like, I don't know. It lost something for me, um, you know, a little bit. Yeah. But you found out wrestling was fake. So yeah, it's not as exciting now. Whereas in like, l- like lately I've been really, sorry, like, Brad, sir X. <laughs> you didn't hear this. Yeah. It's real to you. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Like lately, I really love Mark Norman. He's like my Mark Norman and Shane Gillis are like my two favorite young kind of guys. Uh, and Tim Dillon's good at podcasting. I don't know a bit of stand up. I haven't watched it yet, but um, Mark Norman Someone said his Netflix special was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I need to watch it like this weekend because he's I love his fucking podcast. But Mark Norman, he gets on his podcast and he's still kind of in stand up mode. He has one with Sam Morell called uh, We Might Be Drunk. That's very good. And, you know, have guests on or whatever. And uh, I just love Mark Norman on any podcast. So if anyone needs recommendations, that's my dude at the moment. But he's like, he has no filter. You know, he's just joke, joke, joke. And so yeah. it could be a lot, I'm sure, for some people. Um, But anyway, that got off topic, of course. But yeah, man, I appreciate <laughs> you uh, being on the podcast multiple times. I would have all the numbers, but I didn't look it up. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll have like I have I sent you a song to be on, so hopefully you will be. So you'll at least be on the next yeah, I still got it. And then um you well, know, I just need to sit down with the intention and yeah. knock it out. Well, and I do think my verse on it's pretty good. And I think that normally makes it harder. Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, like for instance, Soko does a verse before I do one. I'm like, God damn it, dude, it's good. Now I got it puts pressure on you, you know? Like where if it was a little yeah. shittier, it's not yeah. as bad. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I'm saying we'll. I'm sure we'll do uh, you know more music in the future as long as we're making it, and then hopefully your uh, oh yeah live show goes well, and uh, you'll get the all the carpool dad rock lane you know pick up their kids at school like the T Coast does. <laughs> the Coast. Yeah, you know, pass out flowers to your kids' school this week. Maybe uh, spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> if if the dark hours didn't exist. I'd probably be a lot more prone to that. That one was, that one's a little harder to fucking share with people. That was one. I don't think I even marketed on Facebook. So I'm like, I don't really need people. I know no, to check this out. I don't like, share any of my music on Facebook. Yeah. Those people don't care about my music. Yeah. That's how I feel anyway. I mean, a few of them do a few of them hit me. I'm like, Hey, it's, you've gotten really good or whatever. But in general, no one from like my high school time period cares about anything I do now. And then from college, a few people yeah. do, you know, but yeah, um, I definitely did not have the support of those I grew with, if you will. I feel it. But yeah, we could probably derail all day if we keep this up with this rate. Yeah. And who else don't support me? Wives. God damn. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, peace.
Yo, take it easy. Can I get a pound for the pain I've endured? A shekel for my people trying to make it out the struggle. Just another rebel, can I please get a ruble for my troubles? It's a damn shame. Trying to make a little yen with my man Yang. We may look a little different, but we still fam. I gotta make a lot of change, then the world will know my name. But it's not a fair exchange. I want dollar for dollar, but you pay me in pesos. Maybe in euros, like I got no say so. Like just cause I'm agro, that means I can't grow. But I say we can grow. Just not with our hands out Let's get our demands out Let's get all our fans out It's gotta be planned out Start and then don't stop Collectively we bargain Separate we beg That's what a wise man said Collectively we bargain Separate we beg That's what a wise man said And I've been out here too long To be treated like this And I've been out here too long To be defeated like this And I've been out here too long Yeah, I've been out here too long and I've been out here too long to be treated like this. And I've been out here too long to be defeated like this. Yeah, I've been out here too long. Yeah, and I've been fighting too long. Yeah, penny for your thoughts, throw them in the well. Wish upon a star, then the star fell. Everything is upside down, and I'm just trying to find a way to turn it up right now. Yeah, yeah. Penny for your thoughts, nickel for your dreams. It's a quarter past two, and I'm just trying to sleep. They say I sleep when I'm dead, but I'm wide awake at night and contemplating all these thoughts inside my head. Yeah, we are the same gang, same chains. Yeah, we are the same gang, same pain. Dollar for dollar, I need to change. Need a way to pay myself for the time I lost along the way. Yeah, I've been out here too long to be treated like this. And I've been out here too long to be defeated like this. Words turning as another day slowly fades. Close my eyes and think about a place where all my dollars go away.